Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome along. It's the start of December, which means it's summertime in New Zealand and getting horribly cold in the Northern Hemisphere. So cold, in fact, that England just want to go and play another game of rugby because they can. Joined on the pod this week by Hayden Donnell, staff writer for Rugby Pass and the spin-off and former All Black and broadcaster with Sky TV, Jeff Wilson. Hello, lads. Hello, Scotty. Scotty, happy to be there. Well, I tell you what, Jeff, let's start with you because uh, Australia are starting a test match against England with Nick Phipps at halfback because Will Guinea can't get out of his club deal with Stade Francais. How ridiculous have we got in rugby when the biggest test of the year and you can't release your players from club duty? Well, my assumption is, as always, it's always it's outside the international window. That'll be the excuse the club is using. Is that what they're throwing at us? Absolutely, and boo. So, yeah, absolutely. I absolutely agree because the same thing happened when the All Blacks played Australia in, uh, in Auckland. It was uh, it was a, a window, a test that was being played outside that uh, so-called um, world rugby um, window that they try and design. And look, I think it's disappointing. It's frustrating for everybody. And but in the end, you know, you, you got to look at it and. I suppose they're trying to manage the, the workload of the players. England and Australia wanted another test match. They want to go at it. Australia knew it uh, all along, didn't they? Um, bottom line, though, is, is Nick Phipps the right guy to get them across the line against England? I'm not so sure. Uh, I'll tell you what, though, this is a great, great test match. After what happened in June, mm. um, when it's 3-0 drubbing that England uh, gave Australia, I can't I can't wait to see this matchup um, uh, come about. And on the weekend, and look for Australia, the Grand Slam went west, didn't it? Went west um, last weekend. Uh, and, and all sorts of complaints and frustrations from Michael Checker as usual, um, but uh, this could this this could be the indicator of their year really. If they lose this test match, they've had a shocker of a year. If they win this one, then all of a sudden uh, everything's all right with Australian rugby, right? Redemption, redemption. I'm a I'm a big Michael Checker uh, defender. I think I I really like him. Yeah. Do you want me to explain? I mean, please do. This is the thing. There's so many in rugby. So, I mean, I always compare sort of Steve Hansen to a sort of a, a piece of wood impersonating a human. <laughs> and and there's so many kind of guys in rugby that are a little bit like, just a little bit on the boring side. And at least you get with Michael Checker, you, you know, in league, you've got all these people sort of peeing in hotel corridors and pooing in ho- hotel bubbling. corridors. And bubbling. Uh, bubbling. They've got bubbling. They've got everything going on in league. You know, there's lots of stuff for the fans to discuss. Michael Checker's trying to bring a bit of that into rugby and make it a little bit interesting by complaining about, you know. Everything. Look, every, yeah, everything. Literally, he's, what, what is it this week? The scrum. He's complaining about the referee interpretations of the scrum. Really, though, I, I get the feeling that he's just getting beasted by a far more savvy media man and Eddie Jones. And the problem yeah. for Michael Checker is that he can say whatever he likes. He will never win against Jones off the field. And his only chance is that somehow he gets these 23 blokes up with four changes from last week against Ireland to beat the English. And that is the only thing he can do to Eddie Jones. There is no way... 
at the moment, Michael Checker has a single show against Eddie Jones. Eddie Jones has the British press in his pocket. Yeah. In his pocket. He will never win this fight. So you're saying Eddie Jones is winning the trolling battle. 100% Eddie yeah. Jones will win the trolling battle. But the problem is, Jeff, when you've got two Australian coaches going at it like this, they both talk in, in a sort of pitch that is more suited to a koala escaping a bushfire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's right. It's, 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 it's a bit of a squeal, isn't it? You it is a that, squeal. You yeah. get that. You get that feeling with them, with the fact that they're, they're actually not looking for anything good to say. They're just looking to have a shot at each other. I mean, and in the end, this is the, the world of professional coaching. And when the pressure comes on, and the pressure always does come on, um, but, and, and for Australia, the pressure is all on them. Mm. For Eddie, he's looking at this, going, "Well." You know what we could we could we could go through the season and we played as well as we could possibly have played and we ch- you know chased down the All Blacks record of eighteen because we won't have to play the All Blacks until then. You know I I just I, I just get the sense we as much as I hate to say it we probably need Australia to win this game and I and I, I want I want Australia to win it so I don't have to hear from Eddie I actually and saying <laughs> that I do want to hear from Eddie Jones when he loses. Well, that, you know, I, I know. I want to hear from him. Whose thoughts are going to be? I just, I, mean, I, I, I want uh, for that. I want that moment. I want that moment as well. I want that one moment where he's got to front up to that press squadron because you know how quickly they will turn on him. Oh, it'll oh, be. It'll, it'll be, be all a, downhill. A, a it's over. Thought. It's over. You know, I mean, he's he's dream will be over. He's like a, he's a genius, but he's like a little goblin. And and I mean, <laughs> that, I mean, you don't warm to a kind of a goblin, do you? No, I mean you, you. I mean you're like, oh, he's winning, but as soon as the goblin starts losing, you're like, that's a goblin. I mean, so I'm just, I'm just, I'm just from where we've got to right now. So you've insulted Steve Hanson, you've had a crack now. With the, you're not hoping to get any of these guys on the show, eh? I mean, that's essentially you're, you're not looking for a one-on-one with these I'm guys. I'm trying to you? burn a lot of bridges just today, so, just today. And you are succeeding. Well, you are doing a great job at it. Carry on. Thank you very much. Is there legitimately bad blood between Eddie Jones and Michael Chico? Is it? Is it? Is it just part of the the game, part of the trolling battle this week? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's it's one of those things where I think you know, Eddie Jones, Judy Jones, does play the game so very very well. But I mean, it's 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 almost like he, he's got to this he's got to this point now where it's, I think it's taking away from the con. Yeah, I agree. You know, people are saying it's add to it. I think it shouldn't the focus be on the players. Mm. You know, I mean, isn't it about the teams and and what's coming up? And and you know, I think that's where Michael Checker he's bought into in some ways to what Eddie Jones is uh, is bullshit. Really, let's be honest. Mm. And I think so, I think that's where Steve Hansen, you know, usually is very 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 clever, isn't he? He doesn't buy into any of it. Um, he has his own little dig here or there, but uh, but but he's always pretty pretty um, I think tactful about how he goes about it. But I mean, in the end, eighty minutes of football is going to decide which one of these. Uh, which one of these coaches is going to uh, come out on top in 2016? Mm. And, and, and everyone remembers that last test match of the year. Mm. I, I want to talk about, too, the, there's been the assertion made over the last couple of weeks, Jeff, that the, the gap has seriously closed between the Northern Hemisphere and the Southern Hemisphere. Uh, there's two points I would make about that. And one thing that we, we don't cover a lot, especially in this part of the world, is the fact that the, the All Blacks, the Wallabies, uh, the Fijian boys who have played Super Rugby, all of these Southern Hemisphere teams are 13 months into their season. Uh, this is a long time to have been playing rugby. Compare that with the Northern teams who are only a couple of months into their season. There is always a disparity uh, between uh, players and teams in terms of 
fatigue levels at this time of the year. So can we really say that they have got better or is it just a case again of tired teams heading north and hitting sides who are really in their prime as far as this particular season is concerned? No, you're bang on. And it's, it's like when teams come to New Zealand in June. It's yeah. the end of their long season. They come to New Zealand, they're absolutely spent as well. You know, they're op- not operating 100%. They've usually got suppliers who are beaten up. They've usually got guys who are injured and unavailable. They come down and we sit here and complain about it. And it's only because of the depth that we do have we're able to go up to the Northern Hemisphere and still be able to win some games. You know, now England sort of, they, they certainly broke that trend when they went to Australia. But it was, a ve- it was a poor Australian side in June. Really, really was. And England took advantage of that. But, you know, Wales come down, and traditionally they come down into the Southern Hemisphere and, and they struggle. So uh, you, you're absolutely 100% right. It is tough on these players now. They're playing 30-plus um, games, heavyweight contests, um, and, you know, through, throughout the whole season. And, you know, you, you talk you know, you know, talk about it. The Super Rugby guys, what, they got back together yesterday, didn't they? Yeah, they're they're right. back into it. Yeah, they're, they're back into it. And the guys who have been away on tour have just come home, uh, whether it be the New Zealand Maoris or the All Blacks, they're going to get their mandatory month off. But you remember the month off, they don't do nothing because you don't want to do that because you, lo- you lose everything then. So they almost, they'll probably take four or five days off, take a bit of a breather, get some sleep, and then they'll start getting back in to, okay, I've got to do a little bit of rehab. I've got to do a little bit of the gym because you, you, you work so hard to get yourself to a certain level. So you, you are 100% right that it's all about timing, isn't it? It's about when, when we play and meet each other. And that's what uh, I suppose is so special about World Cups because everything focuses on a World Cup. There's never any excuses at World Cups. And you know, at the moment, that's when we're getting it 100% right and, and getting our players there in tip-top shape. At what point do we concede that the Northern Hemisphere is overall better than the Southern Hemisphere? I've already conceded well, it. <laughs> because, I, I mean, well, South Africa is so bad and the Wallabies were beaten by England in June and, you know, sort of it's just the All Blacks holding the fort. I think the Northern Hemisphere overall, if you take all their teams at the moment, are probably, well, I mean... Results-wise, yeah. Do you, do you think if they if they come to the Southern Hemisphere next year and they and they win, do you then concede it? And we'll sort of you'll walk down Queen Street, Scotty, with sort of a sign over your head saying the Northern Hemisphere is now better. <laughs> well, uh, no. Well, I mean, I agree with your assertion. I, mean, I think you can't argue with the results. The North have got the results during this uh, autumn season, autumn series. Uh, Ireland had that historic win. England had their sweep. Ireland should have won their series in June, Jeff, against South Africa. Really. Yep. Really, it was only the Welsh who got punted down here uh, by the All Blacks, but we've already covered off reasons for that. I, I would say too, and, and I don't mean this to sound jingoistic or overly patriotic, but let's have a think about what these Northern teams have done. The emulation of the All Blacks is not necessarily about the on-field skill. What the coaches are trying to do up the North is build the depth that the All Blacks have. It's all going on behind the scenes, and when you consider Joe Schmidt, Vern Cotter, Eddie Jones, Warren Gatland, all Australasian coaches, uh, all guys who have been in big club systems, all guys who understand the power of having a deep bench. Uh, that's what these teams have done. I think the biggest improvement is not necessarily in the skill level. It's in the amount of competition for places. And I don't know yeah. how you feel about that, Jeff, but that's the one thing for me that, that terrifies me heading into the next World Cup cycle because these teams now have 30, 31, 32 players, all of whom can step into a test match arena. Yeah, I mean, in the end, I think if we've got you know man for man, we, we, we're still we're still going to be in a position where we're going to we're going to have more variety to our game, have the ability to to do what do some things and that are special. We're going to have players who can do 
the, 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 the special pieces of play, which mm. I think can break games open. And that's the difference. That X factor, we just seem to have more of that. And, and that's something I think, you know, I, I don't know that's ever going to change. But you're right, over a course of 80 minutes, if you've got enough, if you've got enough depth and that X factor doesn't become you know, um, involved in the game or doesn't get opportunity, then they, they can win those cross test matches. I mean, the Lions tour is a fascinating one for me uh, as well as the fact that that's the, sort of, that's the sort of tour that can give Northern Hemisphere greater confidence. Yeah. If they come down to New Zealand and actually find a way to win, they go up against the All Blacks. And if you go on the form that they've shown through this end of year, uh, this, this tour, it, uh, are they going to come down in that same sort of shape? Yes, they're going to have a whole you know, a whole squad of players. It'll be 40 deep at least, I'm sure. I mean, I, 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 mean, I, I imagine there might be 50 players here. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They, they, they name how many players. But they've got plenty to choose from now. If you go and look through the sides, yeah. you know, you look at England and you look at Ireland and there's enough of players in Scotland and there's some certainly some talent in Wales. You go, well, hold on. The Lions should be able to gather together a pretty deep side, a team that's, you know, it's just about whether or not one, um, poor old Warren Gatlin can find anyone who can help him coaching because everyone <laughs> just keeps saying no um, because he's going to have about 50 players. I think it's his biggest challenge right now is actually you know, he, needs, he needs some world-class coaches to appear these guys. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah I, I, I guess the, the advantage for somewhere like England going to the next World Cup is what did they make last year? Was it $407 million? Oh yeah, they're Dollars? flush. They're yeah, flush. exactly. If oh. they start marshalling yeah. their money in any kind of useful way, then well, we're screwed. We we can't compete with that. You can't compete with the revenues. But what what oh. England's problem is going to be long term, and we've covered this off on the pod before, is the ongoing battle with the French and English rugby clubs in terms of having the players at their disposal all the time. I and mean, when we saw earlier this season, Eddie Jones. Put on a training camp, a couple of guys got broken arms, and and that was it. The clubs almost, uh, almost mutinied on the RFU and said, "There's no way you're doing this again." I mean, this was a four-day training camp, and and that's the issue I think that the North's always going to have that that perhaps New Zealand rugby and Australian rugby doesn't have because uh, the club structure here, especially in New Zealand, says everything is about supporting the All Blacks. We don't have that. The Northern Hemisphere does, just does not have but that. South Africa does now, right? South Africa's losing all their players. So, they, I mean, that's half the problem for them is that, you know, mm. it used to be former All Blacks would jettison off to Japan or France and take some cash late in their career. Now they're leaving university and going to play in Japan or France. I think there's 400 South African rugby players in Europe alone, uh, which is staggering. And that doesn't even uh, begin to tell you how many are applying their trade in Japan. And so... You know, the, the, for me, the Northern Hemisphere just have to make sure that international rugby is still top dog. And that is going to be a real battleground, Jeff, through this Lions series. It's going to raise its head again and then going forward into the next World Cup. So they're, they're riding a high at the moment. Let's just hope they can maintain. Yeah, I think the big thing for me as well, is, Scotty, is uh, as much as a little like money, you talk about, yeah, we're making money. They're making money because... One, yep, they're being successful. They've got a fantastic stadium. We always go up there and play them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, the North Southern Hemisphere is going to play. They step uh, 80,000 into Twickenham. And it's, yeah, the revenue is not an issue. But in the end, the question is for me is, is there going to be a Bowden Barrett, Dan Carter, Aaron Smith? You know, the, can they find that level of talent? You know, you're talking about, you know, the cream of the crop. You're talking about the best players in the world. Yet, and I look at it and go, um, have they got that? Uh, have they got that? Is is it there? You know, and mm. I, for me, I mean, if you if you it's man for man, you look at an all black team and you go, who's better in the English side? Who's better than the Irish side? And you're going, 
better than what we've got here. And I know you talked about it before. I'm, a, I'm a, a, such a proud rugby uh, person and all an all black fan, and, but also an analyst. I look at it and go, I don't see anyone in those teams. I go, who I would have mm. a head of our guy, you know. And so you can't buy players if, if you know you just can't. You can't do it. I mean. I mean, I, I don't know. What do you think about the French thing? I mean, I, the, the two best players were most dangerous-looking players with two Fijian wingers. And that's another completely different story, you know? Yeah, well, that's right. That, you know, the, 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 if, if they change those eligibility rules, I know uh, Gus Pichot, he's not happy with it, is he? No, you know, he's, he's not. He's looking at it and going, he, he, wants, he wants world rugby to be world rugby. And, uh, you know, I think it's, I think this is where England and some of those teams in the end, it comes to your talent level, and I don't know if they're ever, ever going to be at the same talent level that we've got. All right, mate, we're going to finish off the Rugby Pass podcast today. Hayden Donald, Jeff Wilson joining us uh, with a very simple question. A very simple question. Forget rankings. Which team has impressed you both the most this season? For whatever reason. Mm, It has to be the All Blacks, right? Uh, I mean, or, or England. England lost a lot of players due to injury and won every game. Mm. I mean, that's amazing for them. So oh, it's very tight between England and the All Blacks. But the All Blacks also lost Richie McCaw, Dan Carter, Man on a lot of pe- people, and they rebuilt and were still the best side in the world. I'm going to change my vote. I'm going to go England. What about you, Jeff? <laughs> I, I started I with the All Blacks and then I, I changed after thinking well, for, uh, for roughly 14 seconds. <laughs> well, I'm actually going to go Ireland. Yeah, oh. um, I, I'm going to go with a team that's, that, that has found a way to beat the All Blacks finally. I mean, you're talking about they were the first side that, that, that found an opportunity and put together a team. And Ireland were probably one of the biggest disappointments at last year's Rugby World Cup. Oh, totally. Um, they had a couple of injuries, you know, and going in, but they had started trending in the right direction. And then you go and watch them play the way they played against the All Blacks, not just in the first game, but they tested us in the second test in Dublin. And then they went out and they beat Australia. They are the team for me this season, actually, on the back of the whole year. They've got themselves to a point now where they are a world power. What are, they, are they four in the rankings now? Yeah, I think with a chance know, to climb again. They are, yeah. they are, exactly. They are top four side uh, in the world. The All Blacks were great, but in the end, they didn't finish with the dominance I think we all expected them to probably finish with. Mm. Um, and losing that test match sort of it took a gloss off a lot of great work that they'd done. And then you've got to look at the results of the, the other side. Australia were rubbish early in the season. South Africa have struggled all year. We've probably taken advantage of the fact that we're up against a couple of teams that just were really, really struggling. So mm. I think uh, as much as maybe even I got blinded a bit through the fact of how well they were playing, I think it's Ireland for me. They're the team that have made some serious, serious strides in 2016. They were the most heroic. You're a sentimental man, Jeff. Yeah, <laughs> he is a sentimental man. Mm. What about for you, though, Scotty? I mean, for you. I mean, oh, yeah, as, I'm going to throw one at you. I'm going to throw the Black Ferns at you. That's well, one, one New Zealand team that's gone game. through unbeaten. 5-0 and this season. Yep. Pumped Australia twice. Went up north. Beat England. Uh, a fully professional program. Mm. Uh, they beat yep. Ireland. And they beat Canada. Now, that's the top three women's sides in the world, and they dusted them all. And uh, that's an extraordinary tour, given the gaps between games. Um, it's not They don't get a week like the AB boys do. Uh, so they've gone up there, put a squad together under Glenn Moore, and uh, cut a swathe leading into their own World Cup next year. Oh, I think they've laid down a massive marker and some of the players involved, Kendra Coxedge, Salika Winniata, to name just a couple, uh, phenomenal skill sets. So um, I'm going to go Black Ferns for me, my team of the year. They're going to win the World Cup? I, I tell you what, though, uh, check out their, seven, their, their women's sevens at the moment as well. Oh, they're on fire. They are on fire. They are on fire. Correct. 
They are on fire. They're ready to go. All right, mate. We'll get on to the golf course. Great to have your company on the Rugby Pass podcast today. Jeff Wilson, the legendary All Black and broadcaster here in New Zealand with Sky TV. Hayden Donnell, staff writer, troll, general man about the site. Yes. What a pleasure. That's, that's how I self-identify as a troll. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, guys. Take it easy.